This Front Row Rugby episode appeared originally on YouTube. Former Springbok legend and prop, Vili Hills, he was also a hooker, joins us today on Front Row Rugby. Vili, welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. Before we get started, here's today's trivia question. Who scored the Springboks' first try after readmission? If you know the answer, you can put it in the comment section below. We'll also find out if Vili knows the answer to that question at the end of our conversation. Vili, firstly, just before we get started, I know you're an Afrikaans guy, but with a surname like Hills, what's the story there? Well, my uh, parents, uh, well, my grand great-grandparents, uh, they immigrated from Wales, uh, from a place called Triorki, uh, yeah, down in the Coal Valley. Now, Vili, before you became a Springbok, I know that you played in the front row, prop and hooker, but also before that, you were playing as a flank. Just talk to me about the various positions that you were playing and how that all evolved. I played provincial rugby. Uh, uh, I think I'm only one of only two people. I think Uli Schmidt and uh, I think... Uh, a guy who passed away, Paul Buertes, also played for the uh, fullback for the Bulls. The only two who played uh, provincial primary school, high schools, B-side under 20, and at the end for the, for the Bulls. Uh, at school, I played uh, mostly flank, number six, seven, or those days there wasn't uh, six and a seven. And I played my... My initial provincial rugby for the Northern Transvaal those days at the position of flank, I played for my club police uh, flank and I was sometimes substituted as a hooker at that, that stage. So uh, that's how I, I uh, actually, my first couple of games, I played for Northern Transvaal B-side or then on 25 side those days, also as a flanker, and then substitute on a hooker. And those days you only had a number two reserves, like a number 16 and one forward and one back. So um, I was I also did other sports, like uh, I was a powerlifter. I also got my national colors in that. So because I was strong, I could substitute in the whole front row those days and that's how it started that i evolved from a flanker into into a, a front row one of the front rows now i mean that kind of versatility would make you an asset to any coach i think these days uh, you would definitely have been one of the bomb squad members yeah uh, yeah after me uh, uh, john smith also uh, play a very similar role uh, i know I, i'm elected I think I was the first Springbok ever been selected as 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 a, at the Lusat number one jersey, and number two jersey, and and in the tight tight eight position, because I, I could do all, all three of them, and I also occasionally play uh, well for the for Northern Transvaal those days. I played all of those positions during provincial matches and friendly matches matches and so on. And then you finally got your chance for the Springboks in 1992 against France. We won that match as well. How special was that experience for you? Uh, well, to win any te test match, is, I think is very special. I think if you play for a Springboks and, and, and you've succeeded in winning test match, it's, it's just so much special to do that. We started in 1992, you know, we had mixed results because it's, it's we, we came back after a, a long period of isolation. And that first team selected 
uh, when we initially returned, a lot of us were were not youngsters anymore. If you take Nasbota and Donnie Gerber and all those guys who played, even Uli and Schmidt and the other people selected, well, we, we faced out within two or three years before Kitsch got a new group together and we act, actually uh, win the World Cup after that. So it, it came a bit late for us because we all, we were almost at the end of our careers, a lot of us. But we were we had the opportunity to play for South Africa, which we could not do prior to that. Billy, we had Adrian Richter on a previous episode of Front Row Rugby. I'll actually put the link to that video up here. And he commented on that 1992 tour to France and England, especially the France leg of the tour. And he said it was one of the toughest experiences he had ever had. Would you agree with that? Oh, yes, it's immensely, immensely, immensely. I mean, we were not treated well by the French. Uh, we were, um, the, I mean, these days you go, people that go overseas beforehand that decide on the, on, on the places you stay, on the uh, sort of food you're going to get and, and, and all of those, how far away, the, how, what will the practice venues like and the, how will all the circum, and the, you conclude a contract. Those days, not being put up in a hotel in, in, in the smallest of rooms, far away, out of town, like in the countryside. Uh, we traveled great distances to go for practices. I tried, really tried to make it as comfortable as possible. And and what what is really um, one of the things that happened in those days, they tried to make us out as these rude Afrikaners. Quite negative publicity arises around that tour also uh, created by the South African press as well. And, and you know, it was just, it was extremely difficult to tour there uh, those days because there were no proper contracts in terms of, of, as I said, and we had this negative publicity around us as these unfriendly Afrikaners, which was not true. They tried it to make it as, as difficult as possible. I mean, I remember guys like Adolf Milan and Rikas Harten and those guys, the big guys have to share a room. I mean, both of them can't even turn around in that room. And I think one of the occasions was where the management then, the, the then management said, uh, and one of the hotels, I can't remember, I think it was in Pau, that uh, said, we will not stay here. I can't allow the players to perform, the team to perform, and eat right chicken every day. And then they refused to go into the hotel. Well, let us into the hotel and said, we're not going to stay here. They got to provide another hotel. There is enough space where there's conference rooms, two team rooms, and all those stuff. And, and I think that creates uh, negativity, publicity around 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 that tour, uh, touring group at that stage. I also had Nas Boerter on as a guest on Front Row Rugby. He was actually the uh, the first interview that we had. Um, I'll put a link up to uh, his interviews uh, here as well. And he spoke about provincialism, the idea that the in those days, the Northern Transvaal guys were sort of sticking together and the Western Province guys were hanging out together. What was your experience of that? Absolutely. I experienced the same uh, at that stage. You must remember that we came out of, out of a history where we uh, have uh, played the only rugby we knew was provincial rugby, and we were very proud of your of your union first. And at that stage, 1992, our team, the Northern Transvaal, had a very very strong provincial team as well. 
So over over years, I, th- I think there there were also animosity between us and Alliance, for instance, the or the Transvaal at that between the players, not not the provinces, but between the players. So it was quite an adjustment. Uh, in those days, the only time we had the opportunity to play together as and make friendships above the, uh, as teammates were in those days you had the northern side and the southern side that played each other those teams and then if you if you're in the northern side then you were being selected uh, with Lions players of the Liu Transvaal players and other players and that's the only time you had the opportunity to play together apart from from the national side which was only selected in 1992 so uh, yes provincialism uh, play uh, extremely a great part in in at, at those days informing it a, a, a proper team because we haven't uh, those days there were also the rules amateur rules around the game is that like today in, in today's time Nimnaber and, and, and the current Springbok coach can have uh, practice camps and have the go- coaching camps and have the guys together for two weeks and one week yeah, and they all stay together they live together and they have a, a one common goal and one common vision of what they want to create and know each other. And because if you stay together, you know each other. And those days, we, uh, we're not. I mean, we three days before the tour, we get together and uh, we don't know each other. So, you know, and, and the captain is maybe maybe the captain was not everybody's captain at that stage or the, you know, how it works. I mean, everybody, everybody, and, uh, uh, NAS was such a, big figure, determining figure in the games that until today you get people that's NAS friends and, and, and uh, supporters and not NAS supporters and some supported Yanni Briet and you know, some supported these guys because at that stage it's very simple, we didn't got together enough to knew each other and form uh, a common goal in, in, in this. And then there was political influences. I mean, we could not have sing, for instance, have, have uh, sing the old stem together. When we played, we couldn't rally around a common, 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 a common flag or a common song or common, common values because that still have to be determined by the police politicians, you know, at that stage. Absolutely. So, Billy, um, yeah. on, on to 1993, uh, John Williams had obviously been sacked after that 1992 tour. Ian McIntosh then came in, and you were selected to play against France again, uh, this time at Loosehead. And I'm interested to know from you, having played Loosehead, Tighthead, and Hooker, all the three positions across the front row, what would you say was your favorite position? I, I love the Loosehead position and you know, it, it gives me a, a lot of freedom to move around I like to, I, I, well, I like to move around the, the park and uh, play play with the ball in hand I also always set myself goals that during the first half I will try to handle so many times the balls put so many tackles in that that's my personal goals in a game and lose a, and, and and to make a difference in a game and 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 I, I think that I was quite skillful in, in, in handling and, and, and I was quite quick around the park because I played flank my whole life and uh, that suits my game a lot. So, Vili, after that France series at home, we went to Australia playing against the Wallabies. They were the world champions at the time and the Springboks won the first test in Sydney. What was the uh, atmosphere like in the dressing room after that win? We wanted to win the game. I, I mean, it was was uh, Max's uh, first tour as a coach, and we have been gelling 
much better. We came together as a team much better. We uh, make it a very special uh, way he, he treated us and the way he he handled his, his players. Uh, uh, until today, I will have... I will have the greatest respect for that guy. Uh, and a way, just the way he went around and, and creating and, and the team and, and the goals for the team. So we went on there and, and, and uh, we won the game. And it was, was a special moment for us. The other thing is, you know, my, personally, uh, I always say that I could... You know, as a personal personal motivation, as a, as a player, that I could play a game anywhere. It doesn't matter. It, uh, the, the park mustn't influence where I play, mustn't influence the way I play. Uh, so uh, I could play. I, I totally lock the spectators out of my mind and, and, and just concentrate on my job at the end. And I think that's sometimes the most important thing. And sometimes they overplay. I think uh, the what uh, the benefit is of a home game, so an away game. If you if you're really a professional and dedicated, and you have your your own personal goals in a game, then it doesn't matter where you play. You must just go on there and do and, and, and reach and, and achieve your own goals. Billy, that was also your last Test match for the Springboks in 1993 against the uh, Wallabies in Sydney. Um, was it because of injury that that uh, was the end of your uh, Bok career? Yes, I torn my crucial lig- ligaments in my my right right knee, and I had to come back. Then it that was a long rehabilitation period. Then I got back in. I start uh, uh, at the end of 2004. I started to playing. 1994 again, provincial rugby in 1995, provincial rugby again, coming back. And I was at 1995 in the beginning included into the Springbok, uh, in, into the, for the World Cup, the group, which I attended some of the practices and training. And uh, in those days, you played uh, also provincial rugby. So we played against, well, just before the final announcement of the final group for the 1995, I then got injuries in my neck with my discuses and against the free state. And, and then that was the end of my career. Do you regret not having had the opportunity to play professional rugby? I think all of us. <laughs> I think all of us. Uh, I think uh, if you see the crazy money that the guys are getting, and the crazy opportunities uh, the guys are getting. I always say, Peter, and, and, and it's very simple, the team of 1992, if you if you go through that team, the starting 15 against France, for instance, or the, the, the one when we started against the All Blacks and the Wallabies in 1992, I think that, I, th- I know Donny Gerber, and I said it with a greater respect, was the only guy who didn't have a degree. <laughs> All of us, were qualified, or, or you have a national diploma in, in teaching, or you have a degree, and all of us, I mean, we have doctors, we have actuaries, we have MBA, we had Tantartse, what do you call it? Uh, dentist. Dentist yeah. in the team. So you had all the spectrum, all of them had degrees, uh, BCOMs. I mean, these days, I think you get one maybe who's qualified. And and, and, and and so luckily, those days, you know, different times, we all studied, we all, most of us, I think, if, if, if you go through that te- team, I mean, the attorneys, the doctors, the 
uh, and all of those were in a team. And so we all studied. So we all qualified. We had the career, professional careers, and we had our our rugby careers. So that was the difference. Today, uh, some of the rugby players, you know, I mean, they... They don't study. They they make a lot of money, and 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 sometimes they cannot transfer that to life skills as well. But uh, that's another matter for another day. But that was just, that's just how we worked. That's just how we uh, that those days operate. Billy, I like to finish on something funny or light-hearted. So with that in mind, I'm going to ask you if you could share with us. A memorable or light-hearted moment from your time with the Springboks? After the win of 1994, and that's something special I always remember, is uh, when when I was when we played that test against France, or well, that evening, late that evening, my daughter was born here in South Africa, my latest daughter, or the youngest one. And uh, Golf Wright called at it's all of us together. And now we're celebrating the birth of my, my, my youngest. And we started because now we want a name. No, no, guys say, no, we must, we must pick a name for my daughter. And so we start drinking and, and after every glass wine, because we, we were in France and we got all this wine for free. And uh, we started drinking on, on, on a name and trying to select. And every time we, a name, a name come up by one of the, the team members, then they said, no, it's not a good name. You've got to drink and back and forth, back and forth. And then Golf Wright come out with the name of my youngest and say, you think Vanessa will be a good name? And and, and, and that was the name that my daughter was Christian. So that was a special. So my daughter was a team effort in terms of, of, of naming her. That's a great story. All right, uh, Billy, just before I let you go, um, I mentioned at the beginning of the video our trivia question. So here it is again. Uh, who scored the Springboks' first try after readmission? Billy, before I reveal the answer, I want to check if you might know the answer. Well, I think it's the winger. I just, uh, wasn't it James Small? Now, James Small actually dropped the ball, if you remember, against the All Blacks. Um, but just before that, just before that, Dani Gerber actually scored the first try uh, for yeah. the Springboks uh, in that test against the All Blacks uh, at Ellis Park. Um, Vili, thank you very much uh, for being a guest on Front Row Rugby. It was lovely having you on, and hopefully we can have you on again in the future. You're welcome, and thank you for having me. Last time on Front Row Rugby, Ian McDonald was our guest. You can go and have a look at that video. It's appearing on the screen right now. Next time, Tian Strauss will join us. This Front Row Rugby episode appeared originally on YouTube. If you enjoyed this content, please consider subscribing and sharing with your friends. See you next time.